Greetings everyone, it's great to be back with you. Welcome back to the Daring Poppy channel on the suspicious 88 Lionsgate date. I'd just like to give a little shout out. I'm going to put a link in today um, of Melanie Beckler's channel and that's askangels.com and Melanie's got a beautiful overview of this regal day and time and there's some lovely editorial to read there to support the overview of this whole um, amazing moment in time and also a little video clip that Melanie's put together um, very inspiring and motivational so hopefully you'll be inspired to to take the time to have a look at that and really just weave in some higher wisdom into the equation. Um, I'd like to dedicate the podcast today with my, my elf mother hat on, my grandmotherly hat, because I've just had a lovely, just a lovely passage of time with, with one of my little grandsons and um, in our home we, we're, we're really into honouring little people and got lots of little bells around the house that the children love to ring and it's just so inspiring to watch the expression on these little people's faces when they make discoveries or they just feel the power of the moment of something that they've accomplished or something that they've they've been able to make work when they see adults um, getting about activity and whatnot and you see little these little ones want to get involved and see if they can can get in with that cause and effect and and get those noises happening and and creations of their own and just just the the look on these little ones faces it, it's just so heart-rendering and before we get back to the business of, of our global um, affairs, I'd really like to just dedicate this moment to that feeling of what it is to really be connected in a, in a responsive way. I love the way that being responsible is all about response as opposed to the flip side when, when we can tend to react and a reaction is a... It's actually, it's, it's, it's sort of a chaotic response as opposed to a cohesive response which you'd have when you, when you respond because you're coming from a place of heart and a place of, of um, honour when you take the time to respond with reverence and understanding. So... Around our home, I, I've always loved a little bit of religious art. I call it temple art, art of antiquity, and that just brings a lovely acknowledgement into the home. And particularly, I love um, art to do with the Madonna, mother and child personification. And something that I've noticed over the years is a lot of a lot of Christ imagery. Is, is portrayed with a ray of light emanating from Christ's heart region. And sometimes we just 
glaze over these finer details, but I really like to just draw attention to the fact that Christ consciousness is truly about the power of love and honouring that threefold heart flame as, as is expressed through the art of antiquity. And this is essentially about the baptism of fire, the Holy Spirit. It's about imagination and, as I mentioned before, the word imagination has I am a magi, which is basically a miracle worker. So, you know, it's all about the degree of work that we're prepared to put in. That word degree is all about angles. And a lovely thing about the word angle, if you change the last two letters around, it turns angle into angel. And that's with good reason, as our word druids knew so well when they were co-creating our beautiful English alphabet. So um, just what I'd like to just acknowledge really is, is becoming a parent is one of the most responsible undertakings there is in humanity. And that golden flame, which is the flame, the, the aspect of the Trinity, it's all about the heavenly divine child. Children are golden. And that helps to bring our golden aspect out as we guide children and learn through, through the, the lessons and the discoveries that we all individually make, given our, our unique sentientness. And I, I'm just... I never fail to just be in wonder when when the grandchildren are around or other little people, friends, children. And it is it, it is a study. Um, it is about learning to read the body language and these the communication that children ha have to share because children don't have an agenda. They they just have they're born of innocence and wisdom and it's an opportunity for us to link back in if we've, we've, you know, not everyone's had perfect upbringings and we've all got, as I've mentioned, our passions and prejudices, but I just feel like there's nothing more powerful than if we can put our, our um, aspects of ourselves aside and just come come be neutral with children as best we can be and and that effect is very healing because what children mirror to us is is our own innocence and wisdom and our own golden aspect of our nature so it's it's an opportunity to really right the wrongs of the past and and get get just get that little correction that tweak back in there and as I say, the symbiosis that evolves out of that unconditional love is, is just golden, and that's all I can really say. Um, so what I'd just like to talk about the temperament of children. I mean, Rudolf Steiner goes into this very deeply through his lectures and teachers, teachings. Um, you know, the temperament of children, each one has, each child brings their own uniqueness and it's all just different aspects of their will and their natural confidence things like pushing boundaries I mean some children are over can be overconfident when they're little and 
that takes guidance of of a an of an adult to just teach a child that there's there's safety boundaries with um, how far they're prepared to maybe go without factoring in that there, there is a danger aspect to maybe their um, their inquisitiveness or for the light you know just as an example so you know some children temperament wise can have, be born uh, with with a nervous disposition and it's not necessarily something that's been created or manifested in this in, in the home they're born into but this comes back to this fact that we're uh, we're all sums of, of all of our multiple lifetimes and these are temperaments that are brought in and carried over from experiences in past lifetimes so that's our responsibility as adults is to restore that confidence and that cognitive ability for a child to be able to sense their place in in the home and in the world and just refine that judgment of of um, keeping safe and being being able to to contribute and be acknowledged for what they are contributing so you know, it really is, it all comes back to the power of observation. It's utterly invaluable and the key to that is time, time spent bonding and that's that's when we head into an, an adventure world because ultimately it's our children that will lead the way in that discovery if we're taking the time to to really honour each each passage that these children have come in to to navigate so it is all about reading body language it's a massive one and as long as we're aiming to meet the individual needs you know there's no one size fits all here when you're a parent and neither should there be it's this is about the miracle of each individual so you know, at the end of the day, what we're really talking about here is simply acknowledgement. And acknowledgement's got the word knowledge and what is meant. And then it is it is the actual activation of, of what it is to acknowledge, of, of, of the knowledge that these children share with us. So it's the most simple form of communication there is between human and between human beings. And as we show a keen interest in our little people, this in turn fosters their development and their skills of communication because they feel that they're heard, they feel appreciated, and they feel that like they've got something to contribute. And, and this is why the first three years of life are so invaluable. You know, Bruce Lipton, rightly so, talks about this programming. Um, it's not nice to think of it that it's a program, but Really, it's an installation of our values is a nice way to look at it. And our family values, our ethnic values, um, and, yeah, just getting away from this, this um, technocracy, this um, machine kind of... Um, 
we're driven into this a world of fitting in with what the culture is demanding of us, but it's it's really time to get back to the essence of what it really means to honour the sentientness of, of our nature, our human nature. So becoming a grandparent was, uh, for me, it's been like going to the next octave of wisdom. You, you have more time and um, obviously you have your, like, your personal experiences. Hopefully it's been um, one on building good models, healthy models of of well-being and um, yeah, just keeping that strong ethic about what what serves the greater all. So you know, this is about building models which human beings are the only species on the planet that that have that ability. This is why I really keep want to keep throwing this challenge out to people because we've we really we've wasted so much time when it comes to being productive with with building healthy templates, custom designing a an environment that suits each little person in our home. And I'm going to call this podcast Imagination as fulcrum and by that I'm meaning that the fulcrum is, is the fulcrum point is all about building and basing our co-creation on imagination and a fulcrum point is a thing that plays a central or essential role in an activity event or situation so it feels quite timely to introduce that into the into the scheme of things at the moment in time, this moment in time. And just sort of leaning back towards reverse ritual and what, what I read off that site to do with anthroposophy. Anthropos means, is, is to do with every, every human being having an inherent wisdom. And then the Sophia is, to this, is how to solve the riddles of existence and to transform both self and society. So we're meant to work with, with the spiritual being of anthrop anthroposophia is the way it's um, written here. So lovers of wisdom, and um, it's a path of knowledge or spiritual research developed on a basis of, as we've mentioned before, the European idealistic philosophy. And I noted in there the word method was mentioned, and that's a big one for me. It mentioned here it is primarily defined by its method of research and secondly by the possible knowledge or experiences this leads to. It is it's all about method, method, method in the first seven, of year, seven years of life. You know, you can't rush that process. And you certainly can't leave the key components out, which is, is this bonding. And that's why I feel quite passionate about what's happened in New Zealand with these dawn to dusk child cares. Um, that to me, it's just been an absolute disservice to our little people. I, I think of all the children that 
you know, children sleep. Sleep is one of the greatest um, growth aspects to the growth cycle of a child. And children need to sleep in in the morning. They need to wake up when they are ready. That is, that's paramount. And my heart sinks when I think of all the thousands of children in this country that just, just get woken up because they've just got to get on with that that mechanism of what people's lives have been modelled around and you're never going to really, um, a child will never have a natural rhythm when they're being woken up to fit into whatever the time frame is of the adults that are that are running the show. So this is all about fostering well-being and getting back to keeping things safe and healthy. Um, I looked back at um, the lockdown period and one of the things that really were heavy on my heart back then was I was thinking about all the parents who would normally have been out at work and their children would have been at the usual sort of daycare facilities and suddenly everyone was, it was sort of like a pressure cook situation where parents would have been forced to get to know their children on another level and they would have seen those rhythms that, that a child naturally expressed through their, their sleeping patterns and just a whole different template that would have surfaced over that lockdown time. And in a way, that would have been very shocking for everyone concerned, but but also... A, a real a reality check about what life should maybe be about so I'm I'm really just hoping that a lot of positivity did begin to 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 emanate out of those the the shock this shocking situation that our nation is has been in and still is navigating its way through and I liken it to the tarot, in the tarot pack, the, one of the major arcana is the hanged man, and I feel like that that actually expresses our whole planet at the moment, is, is in a hanged status. And in, in the tarot, the hanged man, it's not a, um, it's not a, a card that would, would you'd think, oh, well, it's game over. Because the hanged man's actually hanging by one, he's hanging by one foot upside down. The rope's only attached to one of his, his ankles. And what that actually symbolizes is that it's, it's, it is an undignified position to be in. You want to get out of it, but it's also you've got an opportunity. Your hands aren't tied, you've still got one leg free, and it's time to make a plan. So you've got a moment, you've got, we've got time to remedy that predicament. This is what I mean about taking aim right now with our, um, the alchemy of the storm. And it's a moment of, of reflection and actually working out, getting, getting proactive about how do we get out of this situation. So there's positivity in that, in that moment. And this is where we are all at the moment needing to, to unify about a collective vision of, of how we get out of this hanged status that we're in. 
So I might just round off by just adding in there, you know, all this personal responsibility, if you think about it, we're talking about being first responders instead of first reactors. And just thinking about the well-being of our of our the youth of our nation, we've now we're now reaping a, a really belligerent um, attitude from the youth, and it is no wonder. Um, a lot of them have missed out on those wonderful formative early years of being nurtured, and and then we we you know back in Hollow Woman, I talked about how Jenny Shipley lowered the drinking age from twenty to eighteen, and right at the time when students are heading off to university. We just added another echelon of binge drinking culture to our nation and this is what we've got to turn around. I'm I'm actually all for raising the drinking age back up. Um but just on that note of you know being first responders and emergency services and assessing the the, the, the scene of the accident, which is this lockdown we're in, it is it's it, we're at it, we're at a you know, we're facing an, an accident here and but it, it is cause and effect so we've got to get round to working out how did we get in this position but just think for a moment before I move on our health services in this country are so overstretched underfunded and and and, and it's just not a place that you'd actually hope to ever have to land in but you know it's inevitable that that that, that there are people needing to lean on these services. But if we were teaching our children well when they were young, that pays off in dividends. And we wouldn't have all this irresponsible behaviour going on, which most accidents are a result of, of lack of personal responsibility and common sense. So that would actually alleviate the burden and we'd have a much healthier country we wouldn't have overstressed you know the wonderful first responders who have to and emergency services who have to keep picking up these pieces so let that just be a bit of a challenge as we really get back to what it is going to be to to restore the you know this is the land of milk and honey people and and we need to honor that and really show that we, we're grateful for this great land and in honour of our ancestors, pioneers and all those that have really just forged the way for us to, to, to reap the freedom and the liberty of what it is to be just privileged to be living at a time like this. Okay, so what I'd just like to do, um, I'll move on to a little bit of housekeeping next. So I hope everyone just enjoyed that. It's, I'm just trying to inspire people that the time we take to really look into our little people's eyes is, is that's where we're going to start getting turning this back into a a win-win scenario and bring back the fruit to the table um, and we all just enjoy grazing and supporting each other and flourishing again so I'll leave that on that note 
back in the last episode 60, I had a little slip of the tongue when I said across the Tasman Ocean. I meant to say the Tasman Sea. I'm well aware it's a sea between us and our Aussie cousins. I do actually have a lovely little saying in one of my prayers about um, glory be to the to this holy land, the sacred ocean and shining sea, um, holy trinity. So I'll just set the record straight there by rounding that off. Um, and because I've talked about the pinball wizard in that episode, I was guided to put up the song by The Who from 1970 on the Isle of Wight Festival. And that's um, Roger Daltrey and his band The Who. So that felt really ama more amazing when I watched them perform that because it is all about relying on our intuition. You know, that was a deaf, dumb and blind soul who was blowing everyone away with his um, ability. And that's really where we're at right now. We need to get right back to that running on instinct and trusting our intuition and when we all do that we become a force to be reckoned with. Okay so for today's links I'm going to put in off the New Zealand Public Party a couple of clips and one of them was for from the 6th of August and that's called New Zealand New Zealand Locked Down Again. And that was Billy just giving a little bit of an overview about some updates. And he was getting ready to fly to Wellington. And I've put the Wellington clip up that was gathered on the steps of Parliament. And um, that clip's called Reclaim New Zealand for All the People. So there's those two going in. Um, just informed talk, lovely Craig. He's got another clip up called The Storm. Sorry, is the storm finally upon us? This is really relative to the narrative on this channel. And that was from the 7th of August. And I noticed there that in that clip, there's a New York judge calling for Julian Assange. Um to come forward and give a testimony regarding the Seth Rich case. So I won't say any more about that because this is all going to be coming out. This is someone who was murdered by the, the malevolent forces that wanted to hush up what, what but Seth Rich was the one that leaked though that, that um, information through to Julian Assange and a day later he paid for it with his life. Um, okay, so next we have a chat with the King Part 2 off the Digital Warrior production site that just came through on the 7th of August. There's a few new um, updates there to Ghana and also, I've just uh, um, stumbled onto this last evening off the Be Inspired YouTube site. And this is a very powerful snippet of information. It's a reality check about the insane cult playing out on our planet. And this was given by Leonard Horowitz. And he is, it's, it's headed, sickness is not a coincidence. 
And I noted in there that he said something really lovely. Water is liquid God. And I love that. And that's in re reference to the 528 hertz, which is very well known to be the love vibration. So isn't that interesting? If you add 5 to an A to the 528 hertz, that all adds back to 6. A, a 5 and 2 7. 8 and 7 is 15. 1 and 5 reduces to 6. So that all makes sense in the big scheme of things, given what we've been talking about on an earlier podcast. That was to do with Venus being the love vibration planet. Okay. Um, as I've said, I'll be putting up Melanie Beckler um, of her lovely channel um, to do with the 8-8 Lionsgate portal activation. This is bigger than ever before, people, because of the year we're in, 2020. This is an absolutely magnified magnitude of a moment. So in my books, this is what we've really got to do to, to start rising up, is connecting with the the wisdom of the heavens and the ancient law to do with our our interconnected sacred geometric aspects of, of creation. And the other clip I'll be putting up is a, an interview with Vinnie Eastwood. Now he's interviewing the, what it's headed, the Godfather of Freedom. And this is G. Edward Griffin. And this was back on the 29th of July, and it is the most invaluable interview. I, I've always known of Edward Griffin. He wrote the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. I haven't read that book, but it's... it's, it's wow, sorry about that. The recording time ran out. <laughs> I was totally oblivious. So here we go. I'll backtrack and pick up where I left off. That's a real sign of being in no time, no space. Um, <clears throat> well, following on with G. Edward Griffin, he's the founder um, of Red Pill University. And I took a few notes from that interview with Vinnie back on the, the 29th of July. Edward he he would probably be in his 70s, but in, back in, in 1961, he had really begun to wake up that there was some, a very erosive force building in America, and out of his concern, he, he just kept an eye on things, but he brings with him an absolute raft of wisdom, and some of these just points that I've written down here I'll just share at this moment in time he he felt that his country was crumbling and it was because of a collectivism culture and this is opposed to being a, a culture of a culture of individualism and this can mirror very directly to us here in New Zealand because we are a product of that culture and he mentioned there that a lot of people feel they're free if if they're if they manage to stay out of jail. And this is a really sick ideology that we base our freedom on the laws and the 
the governance of of our culture. So it, this is this built up, this collectivism has been built up by technocrats, and the meaning of a technocrat is an exponent or advocate of technology of technocracy, a member of a technical a technically skilled elite. So when you're governed by technocrats, you end up with a technocracy, and that's the governmental control of society or individuals by an elite of technical experts. So technology ends up being a weapon of control. And listeners who've been following the narrative here, they this wouldn't. It's no surprise, but it's just another angle of being able to really look at this with some um, someone who's had a, a fantastic life of experience and and investigation and and sharing that with us on this amazing Red Pill University site. So I'm definitely going to be endeavouring to find out more about this because this, this is all new to me as of only just um, having watched this clip yesterday. Um, so really what, what alarmed Edward back then was the fact that he realised back, back in, in the 60s that private bank bankers are actually running our, our world not our government, and these, these, this is all about um, central banks which move in and our government has contracts with, with these central banks and basically banks become just a franchise of a crime ring. So it just really starts to shine a, a bit of a fresh light on just this, this this corrosive force that, that's led us into debt and false ideologies of value system based on materialism and money. Um, so I really encourage people to go and listen to that. Um, it's got a creed of freedom written on that site. I'm going to look forward to really going and delving into the, um, the philosophy and ideologies that Obviously, there's, um, it's a collaboration. These are the great souls that are working together with um, Edward. And I'll just have a look at my notes to see. Yeah, he, he wound it up by saying basically he feels that he's serving his purpose for being born. And that's the challenge that... I keep throwing out to people is live up, live up to your greatness, live up to your uniqueness, and let's all just start co-creating with those wonderful foundations. Okay. Okay. Well, I pretty much wind up now. Um, my advice to people is keep choosing your battles. Get really good at knowing. Maybe just when to withdraw if if you're if if you're encountering um, resistance from a from an irrational point of view. You know, it's about just relying on your inner compass as your gauge right now. That's what's going to serve us in this moment. Work out what we take seriously and what we don't. Because for me personally, that's how I I manage to 
um, keep saying is really the way I'd say it is when you encounter people that are so seriously suffering from cognitive dissonance, you just move on. It's it's not worth the battle. Um, but but acting with you know graciousness is important. I don't believe it's good to belittle other people or um, demoralize other people and just agreeing to disagree and backing backing out of situations is a really good tool to have in our toolkit right now. And I, as in episode two, I named that episode show and tell time. We are at that moment and we're all seeing what we're made of and where we stand with each other. And it's not a pretty sight because there's so much... Um, so many people who are really not in control and uninformed, ill-informed and not acting with with the power of reason. So show and tell time, I talked about it, it's actually a mind-heart production. It's really all those chickens are coming home to roost. It's all about what we, the knowledge we hold uh, uh, you know, from an intelligence level, but also our heart intelligence. So it's time to get the masks off. The masks was just another desperate attempt to with block the light, withhold speech. I mean, talking with a mask on. I mean, social distancing is it, it, really just uh, the malevolent forces having their last-ditch effort at trying to persuade our in, our future in a direction that's, that is a dead end. So um, be encouraged, those people who are feeling like there's, there was something desperately wrong and all this, that, that to, you're feeling totally right about that. And as always, it's, it's not just about waking up, it's about becoming aware. So... Um, hopefully what we've posted up in the way of links today is really going to empower people and particularly that um, I encourage people, um, I'm so excited about having a really closer look at this Red Pill University and becoming a part of that in whatever way um, I know I'll be led to. Alrighty folks, well, we'll wind it up there and have an absolutely fabulous Fabulous Lion Gates portal activation, and we'll look forward to seeing what's going to unfold over the next few days. All right, Arahanui for now.